Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. world outside your window is ah it's full of smoke ah, it's the void oh my god there's a smoke monster oh my god it's terrible but you know what i gotta be honest it's kind of loki awesome everything is super it's the podcast We're talking about loki season one episode five journey into mystery i'm josh wiggler i'm not supposed to be here it's gonna take this week off but the episode was too crazy and wild and ridiculous that i had to show up also uh recording a little bit earlier than usual i was like oh i can make that anyway hey it's me joined here by kevin classic kevin that's right avoid the void <laughs> whatever oh my god who caught that reference jesus christ what am i 50 a- avoid the pathetic. void what is it to avoid the noid was like an old dominoes was it like uh mascot a- a Domino's What's mascot? wrong with me? What am I doing right now? <laughs> I don't know, Kevin. I'm now I'm hungry for pizza. Um, this, uh, this well, pizza was in this episode. Yeah, there's the a pizza van pizza at the very least. Yeah, pizza van, unbelievable. Kevin, we are not alone. Don't be scared. Don't be panicked. But we do have a crocodile version of Mike Bloom in the house. <laughs> 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 yeah, crocodile mike okay i thought that at first you were just doing like what a crocodile sounds like it goes yeah you know the classic crocodile sound of mm-hmm. no kevin you were right on the money the noid was uh, a mascot yes. from domino's he would make your pizza cold and so they said that domino's oh, always avoids the noid wow. uh, and i do believe they brought the noid back as of late because you know these times definitely need that right now. Surely the Noi needs to make his return. <laughs> Everything yes. needs to be rebooted, uh, Mike. That's the, the standard now. Including the Noi. But yeah, should we should we count this? I know obviously the Pizza Planet truck has shown up in basically every Pixar film. Does this count? Loki's the a planet yeah, truck. This is like the the hot take, right? Loki is a Pixar movie. Yeah, like, Loki yeah. is Pixar confirmed. Yeah, Loki this is was, a Pixar this was movie. very clearly moments before Wally, right? This is how Wally wow. starts. Well, yes. I mean, this, I don't is know. The, this is the prologue. Well, I think think about it though, Luca. Plus Wally equals Loki. It was right <laughs> there in front of us. It's not quite. It, there's there's a this couple like of things Tom that Marvolo aren't quite working. Moment. Yeah, I am Lord Loki. Um, <laughs> I want to also apologize. I said uh, crocodile Loki. It is alligator, alligator Loki, Loki officially. Oh. Yeah, uh, making a making mistakes left and right here. But Mike, we're thrilled to have you. How, how have you been? How I've been doing well. I mean, things things are good. Things are things good. Are, yeah, things from an MCU perspective are super interesting, too. I mean, you're not uh, eating a snake right now, so that's a plus. I'm not eating a snake. I was going to come yet. in here and be like, if Kang doesn't show up in the finale, I will eat Miss Minutes. I will gobble her <laughs> down <laughs> number by number. Uh, no, it's it's been a while since I've thought about making ridiculous bets on podcasts. I have learned my lesson. but No, you haven't. Come on. No, I haven't. I really yeah, haven't. Let's I'm be honest. No, 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 that's not what we're here for. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, no. That's, Loki's not here about learning lessons, right? Like we learn more about ourselves, but are we really getting a moral at the end of the day? And that's 
you know, actually segueing into like the the overall show, that sort of has been my unique approach to all this. Uh, I know that I wrote into you guys before the season saying, how do we think this six week break? How is this going to treat the show? Because I know that personally, you know, it felt a little bit like jumping back in the pool after you had been in for a while of like, okay, now my body has to get adjusted to the temperature again. Not to mention, I'm also at a time of the year where there's a lot more stuff going on in my life, as we'll talk about the plugs later on, than the first sure. two shows. So admittedly, you know, it, it's been a little bit of a tougher experience for me than I thought getting into Loki, but I am so grateful that I got to come in during this time. Far not my favorite episode yeah, of the series. Yeah, 100%. This is my favorite episode of the season. Like, not even, it's not even a I think it's a contender for like one of the best episodes of the Marvel shows. Uh, yeah. You know, full stop. It was, it's like chock full of stuff. Like it is a very stuff heavy episode. And it's also like got great character beats as well. It the looks incredible. Like crazy. Many, many Easter eggs. Just like tons of things that's like worth pouring over each and every detail. A really fun one. Even the title journey into mystery. Just like uh, the reference. Uh, that's I the comic it. that the Thors show up in. <laughs> yeah. Really begins so like it's it's real it's really fun it's a really fun uh i think uh, encapsulation of a lot of the things that people have either been enjoying about loki or maybe in some cases have wanted from loki but had this guy this yet. guy right here I'm looking at kevin he's <laughs> yep, talking about right himself here. too um so really excited to get into it we shall do that a couple of business items up front before we go in and then we will really get into it um want to remind everybody i'm sure that this is not news to anybody because if you're listening to a loki podcast then you're a big marvel cinematic universe fan most likely so you know that black widow is coming out july 9th it's this friday um we are going to be combining our loki finale recap with our black widow recap that's going to come your way next week after the loki finale so if you're looking for black widow coverage from the Everything is Super podcast. That's how you're going to get it, at least initially. I think the game plan is we will do that like combo platter podcast next week, and we will do Loki feedback plus additional Black Widow pickups the week after. So you'll get like two more weeks of uh, of Loki and Black Widow past this point. Um, so if you watch the movie, if you got feedback for us, send it in. In addition to your Loki finale takes, once the finale rolls around, super at post show recaps. Dot com. You're going to want to get that in. I think you're going to want to get that in on July 14th during the day, which is the day that the Loki finale drops. Kevin and I are going to record our recap later that evening. So it's a pretty tight turnaround. That's a good uh, good excuse to have that Loki feedback show spot the week after so we can uh, we can pick up anything that we miss that you guys send in on the later side. So that's um, some news right up front. We just want to remind you of all of that. Before we push in any deeper, we'll just take a quick second to thank our sponsors for this episode of Post Show Recaps, our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico Easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Um, Kevin, I sure hope that the pizza delivery car had Geico attached to it. Yeah, uh, that's what you, you, you know, you can save 50% on your pizza order as well. Uh, <laughs> delicious I, thing. I don't know. Does the cover smoke damage? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Smoke monster damage. Yeah. Mm. So, Kevin, do you feel attacked? 
um, because <laughs> so you, have, you have the the hosts of Lost Down the Hatch. What is Lost that? I've never heard of it. Rewatch pod. That I believe uh, a Lost Rewatch <laughs> podcast, prominent show on the Post Show Recaps Podcast Network, where we go back and we watch every episode of Lost. It's Mike and me, and we're here. And this is an episode in which we go down a hatch, and there's a smoke monster. Very evocative of Lost. Kevin's not favorite show. I can't even pretend. No, no, <laughs> not not my favorite show at all. But uh, uh, yeah, the 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 references were obvious. Hilariously, as pointed out, I'm usually the one who brings up Lost on this podcast. But uh, this one, there was zero chance that Lost wasn't going to come up just yeah. by virtue of actions. You know, it's really funny too. Like smoke monsters, Lost aside, smoke monsters are such a thing in comic book movies, and are usually just like hated and derided because it's just like you turn every high concept like galactus you know or parallax mm-hmm. into just a smoke monster uh in this particular case the the this is an actual smoke monster of a sort from the comics so at least it didn't go super far off so it was far more acceptable in my opinion Eliath. Eliath. yes yes Eliath. uh the goliath Eliath. uh gigantic trans-temporal cloud entity Basically, um, and uh, does have a connection to a certain character in the comics that people are predicting sure. might show up. We'll talk about that for sure. I believe you are referring to. I was going to say something, something cheeky. Yeah, I was going to say something cheeky. <laughs> imagine, um, if, imagine if they get to this castle and it's Reed Richards. It's Mephisto. Being like, Hello, everybody. Please it's let me Mephisto. get the door, and he extends his arm and opens the door for them. It's Mephisto. Um, so let's give the broad uh, the broad strokes overview of this wild episode of Loki. We find out where we are. It's the void. Loki is there with other Loki, including classic Loki, boastful Loki, kid Loki, alligator Loki. It is patrolled this place, not by a mole, but by Eliath, this gigantic, crazy cloud monster um, that uh, you cannot outrun, but it is a living being. Um, this is apparently the place that you go after you've been pruned. This is like the end of time, basically. But what lies beyond the end of time is the big question at the heart of this episode as Sylvie herself is going to get herself pruned. She's going to prune herself in order to come to this place. She's going to link up with Mobius. They're going to link up with Loki, or at least uh, some of them, because Boastful Loki is a traitor, uh, and President Loki is involved, and he's a monster, and there's so Amazing. many different Lokis that show oh up in God. that one this scene. made me so happy. <laughs> They're all going to team up, um, and they're going to have some sacrifices along the way in order for Sylvie to do her enchantress thing on Elioth, and we will end the episode with basically the follow the yellow brick road moment. They're at Emerald City. We're what lies? We're off be- to see the timekeepers. <laughs> yeah, what? Li- who is the timekeeper? What lies beyond the void? This is like where we are left off at the end of this episode. So that's like the very nuts and bolts synopsis of what happened, but. Kevin, like that just doesn't speak to like what what we witnessed. It doesn't even really come close to capturing that. No, I mean, that was a pretty straightforward, coherent um, description of this episode, which was complete insanity. And I loved it. I mean, this is, you know, we said at the beginning here, this is what I really hoped the show was this that like insane moment when he opens the hatch and there's just a bunch of other Loki, including President Loki ripped right out from the comics, basically. 
you know, and and then Loki is like both the Loki have betrayed them, and then everyone betrays uh, President Loki. And yeah. our Loki is there watching this happen and just shaking his head, just completely like aggravated and annoyed at himself, betraying each other constantly. Then there's a giant Loki fight. Like this is the absurd crap that I was here for. This is what I want. It was so wild and fun, and I loved every minute of that stuff. But there's also so much great story elements in here, too, which is what I also appreciate. The little things that came through. The idea of Kid Loki was proven because he killed Thor. The idea of this boastful Loki who's talking about stuff that actually didn't even happen. We had Frog Thor show up for a hot minute. Throg showed up. Throg confirmed crazy. It. He's in a Which jar, is, just hanging out in that bunker. Very easy to miss. Yeah, there's the shot of when we go into the down the hatch and we see like yeah. the exterior of the bunker, and we like go into the soil, and there's like uh, I think you see Mjolnir. You at see one Mjolnir, and right yeah. next to it is this like um, a glass jar. And inside is like a little form like hopping. And I had to back it up to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> like because I saw it. I was like, what was that? And it was Frog Thor, who is Throg. from the comics. Yeah. Throg. Yeah. So and so are we to assume is Throg from the same universe as Loki Gator? Do we think? Because I believe in that section of the Thor comics when he gets turned into a frog, doesn't he like, there's obviously the thing with the frogs and the rats, but I believe he also recruits the alligators to his cause. So I could assume that there's some sort of reptilian amphibious universe that both of them would be from there. It's quite possible. I mean, technically it it really depends on like where we're going here because uh, the frog is from our main MCU, which was just our Thor turned into a frog by Loki briefly. Um, and then he became normal again. Right. But and, then and there's these Loki parallel even, worlds where it happens. Loki even, I think, references that I believe in Ragnarok. I think he says, like, sorry for turning you into a frog. So I think yes, technically I that Throg happened. was actually a thing that happened off screen in the MCU. Yeah, but, like, clearly Throg jumped in the wrong direction because he got pruned. <laughs> it's so great. Um, yeah, how did he get there? Why is he in the jar? Did Alligator Loki bring him with himself to the void? So many questions. Um yeah, it's a real it's a really magic hour TV. I was up really early. I'm so tired right now. I was up at 3:30 and I watched it and I was like, I'm not going back to sleep after that. I'm buzzing. I was so excited. I was doing a thing that I haven't done since like I stopped like covering this stuff as a reporter. Like I actually started like googling. I was like, give me your Easter egg articles. I want to read what did I miss? I what was so many? Yeah, what's this Thanos copter? There's oh god, the Thanos copter is in. What I is that? Yo, Thanos straight up has a, a helicopter. helicopter? He's Thanos. He Why does Thanos in? need a helicopter? Why does the Flash need a motorcycle? There's so many <laughs> things. In why does the Flash right. have a motorcycle? To That's a fair the question. Planet. That's why. Yeah, wow. the Flash hates the planet. <laughs> oh my it's, god, this was incredible. This it was really was so much fun, and I think. It also, I think, for me, comes into this idea of expectations. And this is actually where President Loki comes into things. I personally came into Loki thinking it was going to be the MCU Legends of Tomorrow. where Which like, is what okay, I wanted, honestly. Yeah, where we're yes. like, okay, because I think between, like, the trailers really highlighted Loki as D.B. Cooper and President Loki. And we thought, okay, so this is going to be a universe where he's constantly hopping between timelines. Maybe he's chasing Sylvie down. Maybe he's just causing crap to happen. Uh, and I think, obviously, that was a misnomer for many reasons. I love the way that, that President Loki was used here, uh, albeit briefly. A little disappointed that it wasn't used in the way that we thought. I would encourage people to uh, read Vote Loki, which is sort of like the comment, the comment yeah. that it's based off of. 
what is that? Because I haven't read it. I know it's a thing. Um, is it is it as simple as Loki runs for president? I mean, so basically, yeah. So what I will say is that it is both like cathartic slash a little triggering for because people. it happened before 2016 it was written in june to august 2016 it uh-huh. was a four issue series and there was very obvious commentary on here's like a chaotic quote-unquote evil candidate entering the race for president and you have this intrepid sort of like reporter character who is the main character trying to get loki essentially like busted or off the campaign trail but essentially everything she does the opposite effect happens, and it only emboldens his campaign more. So I really encourage people to check it out if they feel like, understandably so, it doesn't bring back, you know, abhorrent, terrible memories from, uh, you know, nearly five years ago. But I think it's it's actually, it's a really good, only four issues. It's by uh, Langdon Foss and Paul McCaffrey. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's a fun look at also Loki, the character, with this idea of, like, he is consistently playing 40 chess up until the last... Uh, the last panel of the very last issue of, you know, did he mean for things to happen? Was this all a big game in his mind? Uh, which is very, contrasts very nicely to, like, the way Loki sees himself. We saw it in this episode, too, with his big plan. But even, like you said, President Loki, it's one of the funniest scenes I've seen in the MCU of, like, yes, of course, the Loki's going to betray him. And then, of course, all the Lokis are going to betray their leader as well. Yep. It's just this fantastic thought experiment of if you got a bunch of Lokis together, of course, this is what's going to happen. So he's he's like been elected president of the Lokis here in the void. I would imagine of, of Lokis is what yeah. it looks like. A lot of them yeah. were wearing vote Loki pins. Uh-huh. Yeah, the one, the one with the, the, the. But these are also like I thought it was an interesting choice of restraint to have Tom Hiddleston play President Loki, and that's it, right? Like old bicycle handlebars Loki is still a random guy. Yep. Uh, multicolored hat Loki is a girl like they're just they're giving roles to everyone else, including the main three slash four that we're going to get into. I just found it interesting because you could very much go into a room of 20 Tom Hiddleston's, which would make Tumblr go crazy, I'm sure. But I think r- robs the opportunity for some of these other really rich performers to come in and like give their own take on a type of Loki. Yeah, uh, it was really, really funny to see just so many different versions of the character. And I think, you know, an underrated piece of what Loki is doing is this is helping to pave the way for the fact that, like, um, we, you know, we thought that maybe Evan Peters as Quicksilver was going to do this in WandaVision, but they had a different thing in mind for that. Oh, um, imagine Ralph Boner Loki. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to. I'm going to stop imagining that right now. Um, but I think, like, you know, we know that there are, or at least it is heavily rumored to the point of being, you know, like, this is happening. Um, the the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Men seem like very likely uh, bets to show up in the next Spider-Man movie. How do you have different versions of Peter Parker? Why aren't they all Tom Holland? Uh, and so the fact that we're getting like all of these different looking loci, I think like um, I feel like Kevin, like this also like one of the underrated things it's doing. It's like it's potentially opening the door someday for like a totally different actor to step in and play Iron Man for for as a for instance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how far they'd go in that end of it. I think the for the main quote unquote MCU, they might stick with the legacy aspect, which I think might like work a little bit better because like there's so much potential with like you know Riri and stuff like that to, to take over this that, that role or even you know Iron Iron Lad really um, the kid from Iron Man three who actually appears <laughs> in beyond what we saw in Endgame apparently as I've recently discovered um, he does actually make an appearance. I think in 
continuity in Avengers uh, Campus in Disney. Oh, um, really? Yep. So I wow, found that they out got, recently. They got Spider-Man to appear. No, actually, that was Avengers 2 Kid, right? That's uh, Avengers 2 Kid. Yeah, that's Avengers that's 2 Iron, Kid. Yeah, it's a totally um, different thing. But yeah, but Spider-Man does appear. I mean, he is straight up part of the ride. But um, So like, you, you have a lot of stuff we can play with here in the future, and I really like it. What I also really love, I have to call this out before we even get to it, because I haven't stopped thinking about it when it when he first showed up and to have the story arc they did uh richard e grant as classic yes. loki was so goddamn good it's not even like i yeah. i just it was awesome like in the costume you know was was such a big thing when we saw him uh that actor's incredible and how he portrayed his character was wonderful and beautiful and amazing but what i really really loved and i have to call this out is that story-wise you, you have that moment where and this is like the expectation versus like payoff versus like, is it, you know, it, it just because if you guess something, is it is it um, is it then diminished if you knew that? Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great example of how to do it properly, because you have this moment where you know that Sylvie and our main Loki are going to try and enchant, you know, Elias and 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 you're like, OK, the, the other Loki's probably going to come back to like save the day. That's the standard. That's always happened. Right. But not all of them do. The only one that came back was the Richard E. Grant one, was classic Loki. And the reason he's the one that came back is because as he establishes, he lived everything we saw. This is a Loki that got to Endgame, died, and then went into seclusion because like he, you know, didn't want to like break, you know, break the rules or whatever, then yeah. missed his brother and left. This is a Loki that went through the character journey we all experienced and saw. So him coming back at the end and doing that awesome moment, like that was, I wrote down like, that's dope. Like when he comes back and raises Adjard, it's so cool. But story-wise, of course, he's the one that had to come back. And I love that. That's taking expectation, doing something that could feel cliche, but with a story reason to make it powerful. And that's how you do that stuff. Like people talk about like, just because you're able to guess something doesn't mean that it's like not good anymore. And I'm like, well, sometimes yes. Like the for me the 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 timekeepers thus far in that episode that reveal wasn't anything big because it wasn't an interesting story point in the way that something like this was like it was a story point but not like this not in the way that this wrapped up I think in a, in a beautiful moment so to speak. yeah what I, what I really love about classic Loki as well is that it feels like for the first time there's this idea of branching timelines as much as I love all the different Lokis I can't look at Tom Hiddleston an alligator Loki and be like, all right, it was very clear that there's a junction point in the timeline where Loki was an alligator. (laughs) You know, it's very clear that we're representing the multiverse here, which is a reason why the timekeepers or whomever Reed Richards is trying to keep the the lockdown on everything because the multiverse is, is getting out of control. This feels a little bit different in that even different from Sylvie, right, who is of a different gender and clearly was living a different life as, as, you know, Loki proper. This was okay. I'm from the same, a similar enough universe as you, but there's this one critical junction point where I do something completely differently. It's almost like a little bit what iffy from that mm-hmm. perspective, right? Of like, okay, what if this one thing changed? Who would you become as a result? And I agree. I love Richard E. Grant as classic Loki. He rocks the crap out of that ectoplasm, you know, uh, green, sickening green and yellow costume. It almost reminds me of like Fraser Loki, just like very. <laughs> old and over it to a certain extent but what i also love about it too is it deepens this idea of the loki's all having different magical powers you know we're all D people and it really feels like loki proper is conjuring magic 
Sylvie is enchantment magic and classic Loki is illusory magic, mm-hmm. right? That's his big thing is, oh, I escaped Thanos because I put a body double in and disguised myself as a pile of garbage. And to your point, Kevin, he basically creates an illusory Asgard at the end, too. So that's another fun thing to explore if we do end up a second in a season two and we get even more Lokis showing up. It's this idea of, okay, we have all these Lokis with different power sets. And could the story be Loki becoming a Siler or a Peter Petrelli type? And Don't like, do that. Don't learning do that. a little bit. Well, not hopefully a lot better, but like learning a little bit from all the other variants and eventually becoming like the all powerful Loki that he's claimed himself to be after all these years. Yeah. Um, I think a valid question. Uh, I think that this idea of like, what is he, what is he taking from all these different shades of himself is why I still feel like there's another card that has to flip. Loki has to confront the worst of himself. He still needs to see what that looks like. Uh, He has not really gotten under the hood of that in this series. I don't feel like they have leaned really hard into Loki, the antihero, and have moved away from the fact that this dude would have been uh, the conqueror of Earth. And I know it's a different conqueror that a lot of people uh, have uh, on their mind in terms of the comic book fans. Kang the Conqueror, he of so many Marvel uh, time travel stories, he who we know shall be showing up at some point in a Marvel movie as played by Jonathan Majors. I think that there's a lot of hope um, and perhaps even some expectation that he is going to be a central figure um, in the finale. Um, I think we should we should talk that stuff through because I've been I've been banging the drum of I think Endgame bad guy here has got to be a version of Loki, um, and I still feel that way. Though I feel like you could have it where he is like much as it was in the original Avengers movie, Loki is playing second banana to someone who's off screen and deadlier in Thanos. Like, I think something like that could be in play here with, with Kang the Conqueror. Um, but I don't know, Kevin, you've been, you've been wanting to talk about this for a bit. I'm sure. Uh, let's get into this. Like, is, is this episode with like all of the different Easter eggs? There's a lot, a lot of these characters from Renslayer um, to Elioth. These are all in the orbit of Kang from the comic books, who is this, you know, huge, time travel antagonist is that where you think we are going do you think that it's a misdirect where are you at with all of this i mean i uh, it's complicated right like um i at this point just because of what's come before i don't expect Kang to conquer to be showing up necessarily is it a misdirect sort of is it a better misdirect than what they did in wandavision a billion percent because in WandaVision, like, those are specific choices in which they're putting Evan Peters in a role to be... Qu- like, there's so much there that they did to misdirect in a way that I think was misleading to the audience versus this, where their characters, if you know the comics specifically, if you know the references, you can connect it back to this character. And this character can still exist and connect sort of back to all this stuff, but not be the one who shows up at the end. I think that's at, I think that's fine. I think that's how that could work. He could show up and you could have it all tied together, but it's not necessary in this particular occasion. It's not, they're not promising Kang to conquer. The Evan Peters thing is like, they were trying to want to make us think they were promising. There's a lot of manipulation there I just didn't like. This isn't that to me. This is, you kind of have to have a much deeper comic book lore to know what's going on. Um, but that all said, I mentioned this, you know, when you first brought it up, Josh, that I don't like the idea that it's Loki behind it all at the end of the day. I think after this episode, it's leaning more towards you being correct again with that, but I still don't really like it. I just don't like that idea for the character, I guess, and like that placement for it and what possible reasoning maybe 
there's just a lot there that I'm sure they would they would explain, but it just doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. Um, and it doesn't mean that's not going to happen. It's just for me, from a perspective, I just don't like it. Um, the only, only acceptable way that I would be like, this is great is if it's Matt Damon, in which case I would be like, this is great. (laughs) I I would, I would be Uh like, if it's Matt Damon who played fake Loki in the Asgard scene and Thor Ragnarok, that the fact that they got him to do that and it's Matt Damon on a TV show yeah, right? Like, this is, like, when Matt Damon showed up on, like, Friends and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful, wonderful, wonderful moment. It would make me laugh a lot, and it would be the only acceptable outcome for me that I would be, like, mostly okay with. Otherwise, it's just, I mean, I know what you're saying, right? The the worst version of Loki. But it's just so crazy to me to think the worst version of Loki founded a time travel organization in which it just tries to erase things no, from the time. There's I just would, a lot there yeah. that doesn't fit into that's the worst version of Loki. So like, that's a version I, of Loki they they shoved into the hole to make it if, fit. If I if I if I'm shot calling and if I'm thinking that like the finale has to have some Loki confronting a version of Loki, uh is that I I do think it would be this thing where in the same way that Loki in Avengers um like teamed up with Thanos and said, I will bring you earth. Basically like, let me have earth. I'll bring you the stones. I'll get you powered up. We'll be in league with one another. I can imagine a version of Loki doing that with all of time and like bowing uh, to some extent to Kang, the conqueror who has these things set up, who is being set up as like a next Thanos or somebody who is of uh, at least great importance um, as an antagonist moving forward. I don't think it would be like, loki's huge single-handed master plan to create the the tva i think it would be something that would be like really in line with the loki that we have seen so far and the loki that we have seen so far is somebody who who almost always if not always fails when trying to like execute a plan of this vision um and i think is is like a version like this would be like kind of like a shadow uh of the loki uh, that, that we've been following throughout this show who started this journey in a very similar way. Like this is the Loki fresh off of the battle of New York in Avengers. This is the Loki who did make that terrible deal with Thanos. Um, So for him to like, then be able to go up against a version of himself that is like made a similar deal with the devil, as it were. um, That's, that's kind of where my head is at as far as. And I would like that. I would like that quite a bit, actually. Like if that's the direction to go in, I'm all for it. Um, And you know, again, that's exactly what it could be. We don't know until it happens. Um, I will. I would like to put the faith that that is the, that that is what would happen. That said, my personal POV after WandaVision and Falcon is like mm, I don't know if, if 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 they if they sometimes pull the cleverness out all the way on the TV stuff. If there's a Marvel film, bet I believe it. But I don't know. The okay. TV stuff hasn't really sold me. But I'll be happy to to, to see that. <laughs> like I'll be happy to see like that is what's going on. And I'll be like, great. I'm I'm ecstatic. You know, this is. This is my favorite now, you know? That's my prediction on the board. Mike Bloom, where are you at? Allow me to offer a third perspective, which will be fitting, I think, given uh, my thoughts on it. So first, I agree, actually, with, with both of your arguments from that perspective. I I kind of would be disappointed if it was Kang, not from like a, oh, I don't want to see Kang right now, but just, you know, the, the points that have been made is that this is a story about Loki. It seems to be pretty self-inclusive. Yes, there are other references to stuff in the MCU timeline, but it's not necessarily like Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision, where it's like a direct sequel 
to how these characters' journeys end, this seems to be a bit more self-containing. And so I think having this Jonathan Major's feet kicked up on the table coming to be like, hello, nice to meet you. I'm the one who's been behind it the entire time. I'm important now. Please enjoy me for the next several years would just be so out of nowhere. It would feel like there is no sort of building into that, that it was, you know what it would feel like? It would feel like a Final Fantasy game, Josh. You know this firsthand that oftentimes it's like, well, actually, it's not this person we've oh, been it's seeing not, all along. It's not Golbez, it's Zemus. Yeah, but actually, actually, and actually, it's not Zemus, it's Zeromus. Uh, the twist within the twist. Right, it's this idea of, oh, this it actually hasn't been this person you've been dealing with all along. It's actually this, like, omniscient big figure that is actually the final boss of this. And it doesn't work in games like that for me, and it doesn't work here for me, too, when serialization is key. Now, when it comes to the Loki side of things, I think it'd be a tricky needle to thread. I agree with it from a thematic perspective, but I feel like we have hit such a peak on this idea of multiple Lokis, multiple timelines in this episode, that I think for me it would be a little tough to deliver on, okay, but this is the final one. You know, this is the one who is behind it's it all. the final Loki. Yeah. <laughs> Crocodile Rock comes back. Uh, you know, that I think that would be tough to pull off. I think you'd have to get, like, either Hiddleston doing a, another great job, or, like, I mean, it would have been interesting if President Loki was the uh, was the final boss in a way. You know, that, that could have been interesting. What I'm going to suggest is a third option, third-party candidate, again, going back to Vote Loki, that's a little off the table, because I think some people caught a screen cap of, uh, as you know, uh, Eliath was doing what he does and taking over, ravaging the land. There was a shot of a rock formation that showed three obscured faces. Mm. I think despite the the androids Hall of Presidents shenanigans that happened last episode, I think there's still a chance the Living Tribunal is involved. And so I wouldn't be completely surprised if we got that next episode. I think that would be a good job of like middle ground of it's not completely out of nowhere. We got introduced to the timekeepers, this idea of three. I think it's in line relatively with the mythos we built up so far but i think it's also far enough removed from it's just another loki idea that is still sort of like this weird omniscient idea and then loki's probably gonna and sylvia will probably kill them and everything goes haywire after that with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, 
I think that I I should at this point be the guy on the podcast who turns to Kevin and says, "Kevin, can you tell us who Kang the Conqueror is <laughs> and who is the Living Tribunal?" Because there are definitely people who like just need the recaps because this is like the nerdy deep dive stuff that a lot of like the super nerdy Marvel fan type uh, commentary is circling around right now. And there are people who don't care about the comics and just care about the shows and have no idea what these things are and why we should care about them. Yeah. So boy, oh boy. So Kane the Conqueror is essentially best described as a time traveling villain who has, who basically wants to, I guess, conquer the universe is the best way to put it. Um, He does a lot of time shenanigans uh and he you know um he had this like city uh which like chronopolis or something like that that, so, that yeah. yeah that he lived in in which he also like conquers various points of of uh cities in time and one of the cities and this is a connection to uh ravana it was her city uh because he wanted to get her hand in marriage and she didn't like wasn't into him but then like falls in it's this whole other like story there um so like the best way to describe that is essentially like a time traveling uh, supervillain is who Kang the Conqueror is. Uh, as for the Living Tribunal, oh boy, um, the <laughs> the Living Tribunal is often considered to be like the most powerful being within the Marvel universe in that it is the entity that I get. I think it's like houses and spawns and shapes literally the entirety of the of 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 the Marvel universe, not just the 616, but everything that encompasses it. He's like the embodiment of the universe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, there's been a couple of things that, that that mess with that as well. But it's it's this creature that's supposed to be like the essentially the most powerful being in existence because it is the universe. Um, that said, do I think... I mean, I, I caught the statue, but I was just like, it'd be wild to bring in something like the Living Tribunal at this point. And I feel like, to me... We referenced it. I feel like this is going Wizard of Oz. Like, mm. I feel like this is, you know, it probably will be a Loki or something as Josh is predicting. But there's been so many Wizard of Oz references from, from the beginning when with the moment walked into the throne room in the last episode. It was just like, OK, that's, you know, like the Wizard of Oz moment to walking towards Emerald City that Josh referenced. I think that's going to be it. And who it's going to be in there is not going to be like something as big as Living Tribunal or Kane to Conqueror, I think it's going to be more like, not a dude from Kansas, you know, like <laughs> Oz was, but something close to that. Like, and it is possibly just all Loki, who's like fumbling around, you know, in a like weird situation he got himself into or something like that. I think maybe that's where it ends up, you know? I think that's a high possibility. Yeah, of like, and like reaching the end of the road and getting no answers almost. In a way, right? Like, the answer that they're looking for, like, they're going there to kill this dude who is, like, responsible for all this stuff, but instead it's a guy who's completely out of his depth and has no idea what he's yeah. doing, running a function on something that, like, because Oz didn't create the Emerald City, right? Like, he just kind of, like, scammed his way into no, various he, he, stuff. he landed there in a balloon, and they're like, oh, you yep. must be, you know, magical. I think to that point, it would be really thematic with the idea of this series, which is, like, if WandaVision was the mystery box, Loki is sort of, like packing up mystery boxes and putting them away and that you have all these big questions that need to be answered but none of the answers are what you think it is right you know what's the tva well it's actually a bunch of variants that were hired to staff this company who are the timekeepers well actually they're robots they're all puppets for a larger power so what i what i find so interesting about this show is that it really is 
hitting, not hitting a series of dead ends, but I think seeking answers to questions and realizing those answers are nowhere what you thought they were. And so you keep digging, right? That was Sylvie's entire MO this episode was, all right, tell me everything you know. Ravana gives her everything she knows. She's like, I don't believe you. There's got to be something more. Let me keep digging. Uh, Let me keep digging is basically like the motto of Loki at this point. I, I think that would be a fun line of it too, of, okay, we thought that this would be the thing that would provide answers. But no, it's some guy named Joe who's just pulling a bunch of levers behind the scenes and has access to the multiverse at large. That would be, I think, very fitting with this idea of when you think there's this big mystical idea of meaning, that's the answer to every question. No, it's usually coincidental and, you know, run by the whims of flawed humans. Yeah, Um, there's a lot of possibilities on the table. It's a good thing that we will get at least uh, the show's resolution to these things just a week from now uh, at least for a season again there's the 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 rumor persists that there will be a loki season two um another thing i wanted to ask about uh because kevin you had mentioned like so the richard e grant classic loki is like uh like the extension of the loki we knew like that's the guy mm-hmm. who went through ragnarok that's the guy who got um uh face to face with thanos in infinity war except according to his version of events he created an illusion so lifelike that thanos couldn't even recognize it and instead he turned himself into an inanimate object a pile of scraps a pile of scraps scraps. yeah with a pile of scraps uh and so he uh like a bird uh floated off into space uh and flew away and went to the lonely planet and uh, uh not the travel guide well, and- can, I, can i speak briefly on phase one villains for a second did you all notice when uh b15 said uh sylvie wants it you know ravana wants it but sylvie needs it yeah it's a big big emil blonsky callback for the second week that. in a row i need that um but my question is so he he put himself into like he was an inanimate object and then he drifted away. So Loki, this version, survived Infinity War. Is there a chance on the board that this show Is our this is our Loki? This is the OG no, Loki. But that we will return to our Loki, that the Ragnarok Loki, that the one who we thought was killed in Infinity War is actually still alive. And uh, the classic Loki um, storyline is pointing to the possibility that Ragnarok Loki is still out there. Right. That's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant by OG Loki is that the, the possibility that that, that Richard E. Grant is yep. that Loki. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's certainly possible. It certainly sets that up. It certainly sets up an interesting end for this character. Now, things get wonky in the sense of like does that like that character can't leave because then it breaks his timeline or whatever if the tva is still intact if the tva is still intact an alternate theory could be that richard e grant is actually this loki that we're looking at right now that something happens with this loki and he gets inserted back into the timeline uh and it like resets itself or something but he remembers what he told himself in that he was able to create an illusion so powerful that he was able to, uh, th- you know, trick Thanos. Because remember, this Loki is also realizing he's way more powerful than he thought he was. And so seeing himself with all these various abilities, he might be able to pull off something very similar. Now, that said, is it going to be directly the same Richard E. Grant one? Probably not. But I think this is a way that this Loki can get shot back into his timeline and actually make it out. Um, 
But again, that's timey-wimey shenanigans, wibbly-wobbly stuff that we probably won't know or see within this because that's a future that may not be written yet. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, the future is is interesting here because it, it like, what the next episode is going to be, I presume, is a dual confrontation where we're going to have Owen Wilson uh, confront Ravana and the TVA and you're going to have Sylvie and Loki confront whoever the quote-unquote timekeepers or people are, be it the Living Tribunal, be it the Wizard of Oz, or be it King the Conqueror. Um, either way, I, I'm curious about like what the ultimate endgame of this is going to be. We keep talking about the, the disillusionment of the TVA, which I guess is possible, but then what does it mean, right? Like, it, 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 uh, it, it means the, a multiverse of madness is what it means. Right, but then, like, isn't that weird, though? It, like, the, consider this. Consider the idea that you go through this entire thing where the idea is to bring down the TVA so you can get rid of this sacred timeline so you can insert free will back into people again, right? Because the idea is that the TVA, there is no free will, and there's all this other stuff. And then at the end of the day, they do all that. And what happens? They break the universe, meaning that what they did was technically wrong, and they shouldn't have done that to begin with because it caused the universe to collapse and go into pandemonium uh, or quantum manium, if you will. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you're left with a message where it's just like, okay, so then the, the Sacred Timeline was the right approach? Like, I and mean, you're just listen, like, okay, where, if, where if, are we if, here? If we end this series on a mixed message, wouldn't it be three for three in terms of Disney Plus series? <laughs> I, think, I, think it, I think it scans. I think. I think that actually the more interesting variant in terms of longevity of the MCU Loki characters is not with classic Loki. I think we got to talk Loki? about yeah, we got to talk about Prince Siska. We got to talk about Kid Loki because again, we're not assembling young Avengers, but we have introduced so many young Avengers esque characters. Mm-hmm. And then correct me if I'm wrong here. I do believe Kid Loki was a young Avenger for a yes. short portion of time. That yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Jack Veal, and we were like, oh, I hope that kid doesn't suck. He didn't. He was great. He didn't. He's I really great. liked him. And like his whole thing, like I killed my Thor. Um, like wow, that's heavy. That's a lot to take with you. Yeah, I mean it's it's great though, right? Like it, there's so much story in just that statement alone about like how did that happen and like how has that affected him to this point? Because you have like this really interesting version of Loki. What what to my to my backing up point from previous that I think is reflected here. And again, my one gripe with this episode and is a gripe I think with the bigger with the, with the show bigger is that I love the variations of the Lokis we saw because they all felt like Lokis, and they keep doing this thing now where it's just like, Sylvie isn't like us, she's different, I guess. Uh, and through that, there's again this love story. I really, really hate the love story. Like, immensely so. Um, Still. Yeah, I just don't... Well, for so many reasons. One, again, about the like the same thing I mentioned about you're introducing a character who is bisexual, but the first person that we're seeing them with is a, a female, you know, a female character is just like, okay, what a cop out. And two, again, like it, the character doesn't act like him. It's such a different version of him that he might as well just be falling in love with someone else versus if he fell in love with like, I mean, you, you know, crocodile Loki is, is obviously the stretch, but like the idea of someone who is more in line with himself fits the idea of the, the selfishness of Loki. And maybe you're like, Oh, well, character growth, he's falling in love with a better version of himself. And it's like, is it? Like, I mean, that this is, you know, a debatable question. Also, because the idea of inserting a love story is such one of those mandates. Like, it just is a mandate, you know, that he's just like, well, you're doing a story. You gotta have a love story involved. Why else are people gonna care about it? And I'm just tired of that, like, being the reason why things have to happen. I was thankful for, like, 
you know, the the point of Frozen not being that it was, you know, love from, yeah, true, from true someone. Kiss. Exactly. The same thing with like Moana, no love story, because you don't need it. You don't need that journey all the time. It's not a necessity. It's a storytelling trick. That's for sure. Like when you have a character that you want people to connect to, right? There's the old adage, saved a cat, that the idea is like, you want your your like viewers to connect to your your protagonist in a way that makes them feel human and good. You have to have them doing something good. And the old thing is save the cat. You show them saving a cat. People are like he's a good person. Yeah. The, there's a lot of other save tricks. the, the cat. Other trick, it's true. Yeah. The other trick though is to have the character be loved. If someone loves the character. That means that they have to have worthiness of love. So your brain tricks itself into like attaching yourself to that character because if someone loves them, that means that there must be something good in them. So that's that's a storytelling trick. So, like, inserting this type of stuff in here, I feel like, is a is a bit of a copy, a cop-out storytelling trick to be like, see, our Loki is changing. And it's just like, yeah, sure. But again, I also saw that in, you know, the course of a decade of movies that yeah. earned that moment. So, like, I, the love story really, really bugs me and really is the part of this series that I really just do not like. And I yeah. don't think I'm ever going to change my mind. You're just a very, uh, you just don't love love just generally i love love i love love right? when done right <laughs> you know yeah. like give me a proper yeah, I was gonna love say, story you, can't, you kevin don't want happiness for anyone why, kevin kevin can't be covering ya fiction and not love love yeah. exactly like, that's exactly the or no, as we I, like to call it ya fiction <laughs> i what i will say is i am probably most high on the loki sylvie stuff after this episode i actually really liked the scene of the two of them sitting on the hilltop uh, channeling some wet hot american summer like oh i'm cold here let me put this blanket here have on my you. here have my illusory flannel i'm gonna yeah, i'm exactly. gonna need that back yeah. <laughs> exactly like again that would be very loki-esque right i'm like hey can, uh, silva can you actually give that back now i'm feeling cold uh i i think it was a really nice scene because i think it was a way to stop down and do things i actually maybe i sort of like disagree with the general consensus on how the show is slow i really don't think it is didn't you think, last week uh have a comment about the pacing issues of right Loki? the pacing issues is that like a, a but it's, it's not that it's slow it's just that things are timed out in an odd way i still believe that the ending of episode three i'm still confused why the beginning of episode four wasn't the end of episode three right, right? like i think it's a much stronger ending to have the tva come in and take sylvie after that entire adventure together than just Oh, well, we're yes. boned. See and you to, next week. And to that yeah. point, I thought that this episode was the best episode of the series so far, but I thought the ending was slight. Agreed. They yeah. should have they should have ended with, with the reveal, right? Like a big moment. That would make sense. If you, the, every ep- episode ends in a very odd point, uh, which is what I think I agree with Mike about the pacing issues. But Mike, let me ask you something. Yeah. The scene that you're talking about, right? The stop-down moment between these two characters does it change if they're just two people who are close and friends and allied in a way that has like a bond versus, oh, they're in love with each other? Yeah, so that's that's the interesting point is that I think, I mean, they're sort of going back to the, the mode of dancing around each other, right? They haven't really had the opportunity since that time uh, on that pla- on that moon, almost said planet, uh, that's no moon, to sort of talk through that moment they had that nexus event so they have that awkward time where they're like well mobius said that was a nexus event that's weird right i do like the ability at least to show hiddleston and sophia DiMartino acting a little like juvenile in that it really does seem like you know when you had that crush on that person in high school and they're like we're sort of playing chicken waiting to say who likes who first but for the moment we're just going to sort of play coy with one another i did enjoy that mirroring maybe that's why i enjoyed this scene is because i think this was one of those scenes where it felt 
most like these two characters were versions of one another. Where I have a little bit of trepidation is how we end the scene, right, with Sylvie saying, you're not going to stab me in the back, are you? And Loki says, you know, that person's gone. I've changed now, which, A, to your point, Kevin, show, don't tell. B, are, are they setting something up? I know I did this with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Is Sylvie going to die in the finale next week? And will it be Loki's fault? A, Loki's fault? Uh, I mean, I hope not. I think they have the potential to bring in like a major character, especially into the Thor mythos in a way. And again, this would be like one of those weird instances where if the only small things we get from this are like the characters that get introduced don't get bleeding over. But like, I mean, we have Monica Rambeau that well, actually, technically Monica Rambeau appeared someone else somewhere else before she yeah. showed up. So like, ah, God, if even the characters don't bleed over, they're just introduced in the series and that's it. They're done with It's all. It's, oh, God, come on, Jesus Christ. Do a little bit more with these shows, guys. Um. Yeah, I, I, uh, I hope that's not the case. I like this character. I like the actress, and that's my thing. Like my, 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 my dislike of the love story has nothing to do with the actress or the character. That again, because being in a romantic relationship shouldn't have to define your character. Yeah. But like that's you know that's what I like about the character are those parts of it, not like this idea of them together. And Mike, I would agree with you that it would have been a great contrast in between what happened the Nexus event and this awkward moment. If the episode in between never happened, if we never had right. Loki acting the way he did in the previous episode about like, you know, caring about her so deeply and, and liking her and all that, as as uh, as Mobius points out, then I think that would have been fine. But the way that the previous episode portrayed it was way much more than that. And that's that's my problem with it. That's my issue with some of the stuff that they're trying to do. Yeah, I would say that I think this, much like a lot of the MCU, I think there's a lot of burgeoning performances that are maybe holding up some thinner relationships and storylines. I think, Kevin, I know you felt like you were a bit off on an island last week with your Ravano Renslayer takes, but I completely agree. I think luckily, or maybe unluckily, we got a little bit more muddled stuff this week, right? We keep getting yes. this back and forth projection of like, wait a minute, don't you want to find out stuff too? And now she's sort of torn between this idea of I need stability, so I have to keep up the lie, but also I'm a little torn as well. What I was afraid of was what you vocalized last week, Kevin, and it really is a problem not only of the MCU, but Disney in general. You know, I'm glad you invoked Frozen as an example, because Disney, as of late, loves to do these third act surprise villains, right? They love to say, oh, this person, you thought they were their friend, but actually they were the biggest enemy all along, proving, you know, you can really uh, don't judge a book by its cover, and the issue in doing that is that you have so much weight to pull in the final third of your movie by being like, all right, this character was the villain, so now they're suddenly completely evil. You know, Hans is this very warm, welcoming presence who helps, like, you know, keep Arendelle together in the absence of Anna and Elsa until he's revealed to be the villain, and now he wants to murder Anna, right? He wants to leave her in a room and let her freeze to death. Uh, Jenny Slate's character in Zootopia is another great example of like meek sheep to like plotting the murders of several people. It's flicking a switch, and I, I really don't like it. We see it in the MCU. We saw it with freaking Hayward back in WandaVision, right? Not yep. to say that the, the dude was necessarily great, but until we got that reveal, he goes full villain. We've seen it before. Uh, I, I would say um, Quentin Beck Mysterio might be the most recent example of you think he's a friendly guy. But when he's a villain, then he just goes completely OTT. I was very afraid we were going to go in that direction with Ravana, And we still might. But I think, at least from my perspective, her character 
was more fleshed out in this episode, at least in showing a bit of her own internal confusion, more so than, Wahaha, I don't care about any of you variants, I'll defeat you with my pokey stick. Right, and like, I agree there, I think this episode did a little bit better with it, and like, yeah, the, the switch, like, the, the switch flip can work if you do it, like, in the right way, if it makes sense, like, I mean, look, the classic, the classic example is usual suspect, right? But like, that was very purposeful. That was, that was at, like, we didn't get more from that character <laughs> afterwards at the ending of the film, you know, like you can have moments and Hans actually does work for me because specifically everything about Frozen was a commentary on typical Disney movies and the idea of like being super in love, even though you knew each other for like a day and a half, it's just like, you don't know this person. And I think that was the point. So, like, that worked for me. But the other examples, I think, are are, are solid, right? Like, the, the idea of just, I'm evil twiddling my mustache thing, I just feel like, yeah, it needs to just be, you, may, you should be able to just, like, link it a little bit from line A to line B. And it's just, when it's such an about face, it's real difficult. But I think this this worked, because at first I was like, oh, I guess she's good now. And even then, it's still muddled. I'm still very much just like, so what? What is she trying to do here? Like, I guess she's trying to find answers as, as well. And there could be the argument of, and, but then she says that, but then she's just like, I'm trying to bring stability to, there's just so much there. It would have been much better if they just kind of like implied the sense of like both R- Ravana and Sylvia are trying to figure out the answers for the TVA, but they're going about it in different ways. Ravana is trying to take down the system from the inside, right. which is extremely difficult. And Sylvie's trying to take it out from the outside, which is also extremely difficult. If that was the parallel they're trying to do, and if that's the way that they they fix it in this, I would have been a little more okay with it. Instead, I'm still just kind of like, so what is her deal? Give me more Miss Minutes. That's what I want. I'm not is Miss Minutes the bad either. guy? Do we think Miss Minutes Jesus, is going to please? I mean, she, she, I mean she, is the, she is the TVA incarnate, so like, isn't she kind of already the bad guy? Just the mascot of this though. evil organization? would love that so much they're gonna get to the the fortress at the end of the void and miss minutes is there no but no but it's gonna be tara strong like it's not gonna be the cartoon character it's gonna be tara strong coming out no it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a hyper realistic version of the walking clock yeah it's gonna be like it's gonna be like this terrifying uncanny straight out of return to oz nightmare fuel love it i I, I think it's, it's also tough because look our job is to come in here and give our own takes but I would almost reserve judgment on Ravana as a character until we see it. Like, I think we very much yeah, are seeing in this fair. moment, there's a clear ending to this character that there's going to be some sort of reveal. She's the Snape right now, and it's, she's going to have her sort of moment where she's dying or whatever, and then we finally reveal what side she's on, you know, and what she's been feeling this entire time. For now, we're just sort of like being thrown back and forth. I certainly was. I was like, oh, okay, I guess she's working with Sylvia. They're going to get in this spaceship. Nope. No, never mind. Uh, she was going to betray her the entire time, which, I mean, this is a show that has certainly subverted my expectations when it comes to Disney Plus shows, which I think we can certainly talk about. So I guess it's it's par for the course in that regard that you think we get a buddy up here between these two characters. But no, it was just a ruse the entire time to keep her talking so the Minutemen would come charging and poke her. I yeah. love that scene, though, where it, it that felt very Rick and Morty to me, where it's just like... Oh, oh, uh, you, you, you know the, uh, the 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 temporal ship that we have. Uh, yeah, the, the, the temporal temporal ship. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get the temporal <laughs> ship, and then you have the the person just like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Um, 
Can you open the files on that? Oh, it's just, uh, it's just, it's taking a while. I'm looking for the files. Like, it just felt very Rick and Morty in like a stall tactic that was so hilariously ridiculous. And the bad guy immediately clocked, or the good guy in our case, immediately clocked it. I thought that was very, very funny and well done. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm I'm excited about that. I think we're in a cool place heading into the finale. I am uh, I, I'm filled with questions. I know many of us are. I think, uh, Mike, there is much wisdom in what you have said. I think uh, we have to podcast about. It. We got to fill an hour of time like talking about the show every week. Uh, but it is wisest to reserve some judgment. Let's see how these things pan out, especially with like Ravana. I want to know. Um, is like the is the final reveal of the bad guy is that going to be okay um i'm 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 nervous i'm excited i'm all of the things will they be able to effectively land the loki and sylvie thing in a way that doesn't uh, cause kevin's head to explode on camera i hope so tall um, order it's a tall order it's a lot um we will we will see um either of you anything else that we haven't talked about from the episode that you feel like you want to bring up mike I, you seem like you're chomping at the bit so here's a hot take that I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on because there's been a lot of debate, right, about, you know, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was originally supposed to be the first show, but then due to COVID restraints, it got pushed back, and now WandaVision was the first show. I think after watching Loki, I would have liked this to be the first show. Because huh. I think one of my other disconnects with this series for quite some time is that I feel like WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, though they are distinctly different shows, they both had emotionality to it. They both had gravity to it. And I don't know, it's certainly not without its moments in Loki, we spoke about these character moments, but it's definitely not what the show is going for in comparison to those other two shows, right? Like, those other two shows we had... Elizabeth Olsen and Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are putting in the best work of their careers... I love Tom Hiddleston. I don't know if he's putting in the best work of his career in Loki right now. There aren't necessarily those big, dramatic moments that we have seen in those other two shows. And I think part of the reason why I personally have been a bit disconnected until the past few episodes is because I kind of thought that's what these shows were going to be. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm looking for emotional investment. Where is my emotional investment in these characters? This is just not the show for that. And again, that speaks towards, I think, the self-contained nature. This is obviously not that serialized, and it's not picking up with these incredibly broken characters after an incredibly broken time. But I know for me, it took a while to really realize, like, okay, these shows are going to be different. It's just that these first two sort of had this connecting idea of grief, right, and compartmentalizing that. And so part of me wonders if I had personally experienced this series first, you know, when I thought that the MCU was uh, was coming to Disney Plus in a serialized format, this was what I was thinking about. I know I had sort of been beating the drum when WandaVision started of like, I love when the MCU goes weird and I want it to get weird. This show is weird. And I think it almost like satisfies my taste buds months after I had that, that you know, that yearning uh, all the way back during WandaVision. And I just wonder from my own taste perspective, if I had started off watching this, A would that sort of like immediately satiate my taste buds of this is a show that is weird throughout? And B, would that then sort of set up this idea of anything can happen in these Disney plus MCU shows, less so these other two shows, which certainly push boundaries, but I think also both dealt with, they were capital D dramas in my opinion. And I would not call Loki a capital D drama. Yeah. I think one thing that happens there is like Loki comes first 
and maybe you feel like it scratches a certain weirdness itch, but then like you go into Wanda and Falcon and is it like maintaining that itch? I think, um, I mean, I think WandaVision was plenty weird. I think WandaVision like structurally was so strange. Um, it, beco- it becomes very Marvel-y. Um, but like for weeks, it was just like, it was the hotness because it was the first MCU thing in a long time, but also because, um, it was, it was kind of unlike anything. It was, it was, uh, it was punchy, kicky, flippy Dick Van Dyke. You know, it was weird. It was weird. So I, I, I think Falcon being in the middle, I think like there is like, that's not a particularly weird show. That's like a straight you know, uh, like bare knuckle thriller, uh, in like the Captain America, uh, the winter soldier, uh, sense, I think. Um, so I think like, I don't know if that like level resets to a certain extent. Um, it's an interesting proposition. I think we have, again, it's another one of those, like, let's see how it ends because I think the ending, like if, if it ends in like such a way that like, you really need to know what's the next thing. Like if is, if this is like, directly guiding us into Doctor Strange or even sooner potentially Spider-Man, right? Uh, Then, like, this might be the perfect time for it uh, rather than those first two that weren't, you know, necessarily... Uh, I know we catch a lot of flack. I want to give a shout out to Torby. who's like, WandaVision set things up. And Torby's totally right. Absolutely. Yeah. It did. It totally did. Uh, I, I, think, it, I think WandaVision, I know it invokes the, the mystery boss comparison to Lost. I think there's a little bit of that going on of, like, we are... Uh, sort of like overwashing a show based on the way things ended. To your point, Josh, when there was so much like interesting stuff going on in those first four, five, six weeks, I think we sort of label it with the way the final few weeks ended. For and that's really unfair for the show that brought so much quality strangeness. Uh, not I, mean, I suppose Strange's. this is where you two and I will always differ because it is a lost comparison. And sometimes if you build up a mystery box and I open the box and there's a pile of feces, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> No matter how much. Oh, you that might be up. Richard E. Grant disguised as a pile of feces. Kevin, do you have now. anything that you want to like share with the listeners on your final post show recaps appearance right now? <laughs> <laughs> is, there you like you now. is there anything <laughs> you'd like to say before you go? Or eight fifteen sixteen twenty two forty two. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I the placement would be interesting, and I, I, to Josh's point though, the ending is gonna w- would, would would inform a lot because what if it is Kang the Conqueror? What if Kang the Conqueror shows up? Imagine if this was the first show and they set up this idea of like. Oh man, there's these hints leading towards something and it pays off and you're just like, holy crap. Then you get WandaVision? Oh boy. Like, I think the pullback would be even worse. Yeah. You, then they set a precedent for the idea that things will happen and things will show up, which is why I think things won't happen and possibly show up here because that's not what they've been doing. But, like, yeah, it's, I mean, again, like, even WandaVision setting up stuff, yes, kind of, we won't know how and what until it happens in the future. As, as, as always known, in the future, we won't know until we see it. But certainly there's elements that will play out. I'm sure there's elements here that'll play out. The placement of these of these shows is 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 hard to say how it'll affect stuff. I think I think the hindsight is twenty twenty on it, right? Like we will yeah. never know unless we had experienced it at the time and, and we can try to assume, but that that first watch, that first viewing, how things shift and change, uh it it's it's hard to really, really place it. Um so yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, after WandaVision and Falcon, I'm like, I was more in line to be prepared for what Loki was going to be. Like, it, you know, like I said, I this is what I wish the show was to begin with. Um, but I'm not like as upset that the show wasn't because I'm, man, I hate to say this. 
because I'm just sort of like primed to be like semi disappointed when we walked in. So like, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so odd to like have to say that, but like that's that's the case in this one. Like, I'm glad it's here because I was ready to be like, maybe it won't be what I what I want or what the trailers made it seem like. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting that we will go from like Wandavision to Falcon to Loki to Black Widow. Like, I feel like it's like yeah, it's we're like, ebbing like weird and flowing. Action, weird action. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, we will be back next week. We will talk about the Loki finale. We will talk about uh, Black Widow. Uh, I know a lot of people are uh, making this their first return to to movie theaters. I would do that if I wasn't going away on my trip, I think. Uh, I'm going to watch yeah. it on Disney+. Plus. Um, I'm really, really excited to see a Marvel movie. Uh, well, this is wild. This is the first time in... Yeah. When, when was Far From Home? Was that was that like June, June or July? It was 2019. July, July 2019. July 2019. Yeah, so we're coming up on like a full two years since it's happened. And like this is... Once that ball rolling, roll starts rolling, like it is never going to stop now. There's a lot well, coming. There's my, so many movies you coming. You know what? Please knock on wood. <laughs> that yeah. That's the but, case. But it's, it's incredibly exciting. And I think, you know... It's still this weird concept. I'm still not sure how to feel about it, but you know, it's it's something different. I think that is sort of like the motto of Phase Four, right? Is like going for something different. We're not necessarily gonna we're gonna continue some stories, but we're gonna bring in a lot of new characters. I think this is bringing in Natasha Romanoff in an entirely new light. Understandably, a lot of praise for Forums, Forums Pew, but. Josh, I'm excited for for your boy and mine. David Harbour is going to be making his MCU debut as Red Guardian. I'm so pumped for bearded, uh, for for bearded Hopper, like talking in a Russian accent, fitting in some armor, <laughs> uh, dealing with with ScarJo. It's going to be incredibly fun. Uh, and so I I like I have no idea what to expect from this film. The one thing I'll put out there, my one prediction: uh, Taskmaster will be a woman behind okay. the mask. That's my one prediction. My That's one, amazing. My one prediction is Kevin's going to find something about Black Widow that he hates. I mean, I do that for everything, though. Yeah, that's why I'm predicting it. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's going to happen. I, think it was, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. My, I, hate, I, pre- I predict Kevin I already will have the timing of this movie. Yeah, so yeah. there's that. I, I predict Kevin will have a lot to say about Black Widow's hair. Mm. That's not me. That's Robin. That's well, Robin. Listen, I, I don't. I don't Robin think. Will have I think a lot to anything. Say. No, it looks like we're a full red. Like we're not in Endgame. Like strawberry and vanilla puke yeah. hairstyle that she ombre madness that she had at during Endgame. Yeah. Well, we'll see what goes down. I'm excited for it. We'll be back next week talking the Loki finale in the front half. Then we'll go into the Black Widow recap uh, or discussion. Is probably how it will go in the second half of the podcast next week um let's do plugs mike bloom do plugs do plugs jump uh (laughs) i i'm so happy to be here you guys know i love talking mcu and getting to listen to you guys all season long again like i said i i came around on this show even though i really love the premiere uh i i really want to thank you guys for what you brought this entire season as well it certainly got me more invested in the show and especially with this episode which again i loved so much like exploring the void was really one of those moments from like fiction and pop culture. They were just like, this is a cool idea. Like a ship and a Sphinx and Thanos copters are just dropping in all over the place and getting consumed, gobbled up by a smoke monster. This is amazing. This is, this is what I think of when I think about comic books being adapted. 
to television, just the ridiculousness of it all. So I am so happy that I got to join you guys uh, for, you know, a brief uh, respite before I jump back into my pool and start drinking boxed wine. Uh, so you can follow me at a Mike Bloom type, of course, here on Pusher Recaps. Josh Wiggler and I going down the hatch. Uh, coming up this Friday is our coverage of Namaste. Uh, so we talk about, you know, getting used to another world as well, a different world. Maybe not a world where time ends, but certainly where the time travel ends in the 70s. So that's always a very fun talk. Uh, Josh has a little bit of a, of a moment in the first five five minutes that are very fun. Yeah, hey, I don't I I don't know what a very I do, I can't like describe a thing that is very obvious to describe. It's it's a tough brain fart it's, moment. It's, yeah, it's, it's a tough moment for people who listen to the podcast. They're like, "Come on, yeah. you know what and it I is." And I knew it was happening too. I was like, "Damn it, they're all they're all laughing at me. They know they're all gonna they laugh all know at the you. answer, and I don't know it." But and it's, then I, it's a, we got it, but it was we got a, it. We got there eventually. Took and that's way all that too matters. long. Took so way be too sure long. to, of course, check that out, and we'll be keep we'll keep doing that. Of course, the Bloom Files on Post Show Recaps. My wife Angela Bloom and I watching the X Files. Me for the first time. Actually, just watched uh, an episode before we got on here where Garrett Dillahunt plays hey. uh, a, a guy who has a bunch of alien tendrils coming out of his mouth. So that was Sweet. fun. Uh, I got to basically like describe Garrett Dillahunt and his career to Angela because I was like, "That's Garrett Dillahunt." She's like, "I don't know who that is," and I had to literally like, "Yeah, I was like, come on, Raising Hope, Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead." Like he's got he's got he's everywhere. Deadwood twice. Yeah, exactly. It's like Garrett Dillahunt. He's been places, and he was on the X Files. So we'll talk about that. And then, like I mentioned before, uh, reality TV is proliferating. It is as raucous as a Loki on Loki fight. Every week, Shane and Gus and I are covering Survivor South Africa, which is about a third of the way through its season. And we're actually talking on the night of the premiere of Big Brother 23. I'll be back doing podcasts about that with Liana Boris, doing some very silly things every few weeks or so. But majorly, I'll be covering that with Parade.com, be doing some interviews. And maybe if you're on Clubhouse, you might see my beautiful face doing some audio things related to Big Brother. It is beautiful. You. It is. Uh, I, I I feel like this is boastful, Mike talking. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, this is me with my giant fake Mjolnir and my like fur-lined hood or whatever yeah. Hotel was was uh, was wearing. So yeah, yeah be, if you want to check all that out, also at a Mike Bloom type is where I you know schlep out all the plugs too. So be sure to check that out as as, as well as I'm assuming some like random odds and ends here and about over the course of the next few weeks until whatever comes next. Kevin, everything is sparkling. Twilight oh, is happening in the Post Show Recaps patron feed. It's going down. So sparkly, so bright, so wonderful. That's right. Uh, over for the patrons of Post Show Recaps, Melissa Woodward and I, who previously known for Mighty Ducks Game Changers, have launched a brand new podcast called YA, in which we cover YA fiction. And we are kicking things off with the Twilight Saga. We have just done the first Twilight movie, so that should be hitting your feed soon boy oh boy was that a trip uh it, it is a lengthy one Got <laughs> a lot to say about the twilight saga twilight proper it, is that the one where they is that the movie where they play baseball or is yes. it the second one? Oh, that's it's the that movie one. where they play baseball yeah, they play that's baseball. a phenomenal scene that's the scene i talk about where i'm like this is the moments where i love twilight where they do this <laughs> it's so stupid it's wonderful yeah um so yeah we really get into it talk about uh the the first movie and we'll of course be covering the rest of them New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn Part 1, Breaking Dawn Part 2, and ideally traveling from there into further reaches of YA fiction. 
so if you uh, want to check that out, which you should, uh, you know, just sign up to be a patron at patreon.com slash recaps. $5 level, you can sign up and get all that wonderful content. At the $10 level, you can join us on the Discord where we talk about uh, YA and all the other shows along with playing D&D. Uh, yes, lots of great reasons to sign up. Um, that $5 level gets you exclusive podcasts, which sometimes means early access to certain shows. Um, this coming weekend, let me tease this, on Sunday, we will be dropping the first episode of a new main feed post-show recaps podcast a day early. So if you'd like to be cool and find out what that podcast is before the rest of the world, consider signing up. Patreon.com slash post recaps. And if you're already a patron, get excited. I'm really excited for this show that we're going to do. It's very different uh, from uh, it's it's with somebody who I love podcasting with. And it's a very different show than the shows that we have podcasted about before. And I think it's going to be an incredibly wonderful time. And everyone uh, should be pretty hyped oh, about it. What is this? Post show recaps theater? You're giving out clues now for people to figure out that's what it just is? What I'm, that's just what I'm throwing out there. There's you know, uh, there's a lot of joy in my heart as I'm uh, uh, anticipating the next several weeks of podcasting on this front. Um, okay, so many other things. We could just be here for a long time. We're going to wrap it up. We'll be back next week talking the Loki finale and Black Widow. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.